I know that that's so hard for so many people because we get streamlined into this system of belief or ideology or identity or group when what does it look like to step outside of that and have permission to hold space for all of these different parts of yourselves and all of these different ideas in the world at once without just following what everyone else who looks, believes, acts, thinks like you does. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hi friends, welcome back to Gather and Grow. Today I am joined by another Emily who I am very grateful to have in the show. Emily and I have had so many conversations over the past I don't know, year, year and a half. I'm not even sure how long it's been that we've been in touch, but she is someone that I feel like understands me so deeply. And so I am pumped about the conversations that we are going to have today around what she's doing in the world and just the light that she brings to the table. So Emily, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on. I was going to say, I feel like you're somebody that also understands me very well. And maybe it's the Emily thing, or maybe just that we have kind of similar backgrounds and just mm-hmm. similar vibes that we put out into the world. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So if someone's getting to know you for the first time, would you give us a little context of your story? What brought you to today? Where are you at? What are you doing in the world? Like, what was your path up until this point? So I grew up in Sauk Prairie, Wisconsin, or Sauk City is. That's a whole tangent to go on, but Wisconsin, home of the original Culver's. That's like my biggest one fun fact about our town. And I'm obsessed with Culver's, but that's, again, like I said, a whole tangent to go down. (laughs) So I grew up here. I did not grow up in agriculture or grow up on a farm. My grandparents had a dairy farm in Southwest Wisconsin. And I have two other girl cousins that are both my same age. And my grandpa called us his boys and we would be living our best life on the farm. We were actually reminiscing about it this past weekend. We were all together driving four-wheelers around, feeding calves, walking up and down the stanchion barn aisles. And so I obviously just talking about have such fond memories of that. But then when I was in the third grade, my grandpa passed away and we ultimately sold the cows. We still own the farm. It's just rented out by somebody else. But when he passed away and everything happened, I kind of lost my touch to agriculture. But luckily, my mom signed me up for 4-H which led to me being involved in different projects there, primarily more in like the arts and photography and stuff, but still very much involved in different activities in 4-H. And then in high school, I joined FFA. And I like to say that that was kind of my light bulb moment, that Mm -hmm. agriculture is where I was meant to be. I went into high school thinking I was going to be a human dietitian and human nutritionist type person. I had an eating disorder when I was in middle school. And so kind of that transition of healing led me to want to pursue that. But then because of FFA, I was like, I took every single ag class you could take, did all the things, went on all the field trips. And I was like, you know what, maybe agriculture is more for me. So then I had the mindset that I was going to be a vet. And so I went to UW-Madison, go Badgers. 
for animal science and life sciences communication, which is conveniently a half hour away from my house. And so I grew up like loving UW-Madison and loving campus there and everything. So I was so happy when I got accepted and went there. And like I said, I thought I was going to be a vet, but then I took chemistry and chemistry (laughs) humbled me a lot. And I was really bad at it, but I always knew I was in FFA and then even in college, I always participated in different like agriculture advocacy events, whether it was going into classrooms, hosting events on campus and stuff. And then I actually worked at a creamery when I was in high school and in college where we gave tours and did a lot of working with the public. And so I was like, you know, maybe I really like this whole talking to the public thing about agriculture. Mm -hmm. So then I added the life sciences communication major, which is all about science communication and then added that with agriculture and animal science to really be able to not only like walk the walk of agriculture, but then talk the talk of it. Mm. And then come graduation, which was in the middle of the uh, pandemic, unfortunately. Yay! (laughs) I was doing, yeah, it was not a very fun time to graduate from college then because you definitely lost out on like a lot of the traditions, but still a little salty about that, to be honest, which is something I need to get over because it's been however many years, but anyway (laughs) hey I'm like 11 years removed from college graduation I'm still salty that it rained and we had to be in the gym instead of like on the quad so I think you can hold on to that as long as you want well there's just so many traditions that come with like UW Madison which is part of the reason why I wanted to go there in the first place and then the whole like last three months of college are just not there (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm still salty about it but anyway Um, I was looking for jobs and I found one that I thought was the perfect fit for me. It was working with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin or our checkoff organization for the dairy industry here in in Wisconsin. And like I said, perfect on paper for me. It was all about social media, connecting with consumers in state about dairy, which is basically what I love to do. And it was a perfect fit for me for a very long time. But I've always had the inkling in the back of my mind that I was going to own my own business. I just didn't know when and I didn't know what it was going to be. And I went to a retreat, Rural Rooted, which I know a lot of you went to that. And I know quite a few Mm -hmm. other people who went to that. And that's kind of what propelled me to quit my job and pursue my own passions. I started dating my boyfriend when I was in college. He's from my hometown as well. And his family has a farming operation. So that's where like going back to the farm also comes in. (laughs) And graduated college, moved in with him. His family farms, they have cattle, cash crops, that sort of thing. And I knew that I always wanted to do something also more involved on the farm. That's where I feel the happiest, most free. And so it kind of pushed me at that retreat to figure out a way to get more of that time because that's when I feel the most alive and the most me, but also Mm. still make an income. So I quit my job and I started doing freelance social media for other companies and then also spending more time on the farm. So I help in our grain facility in the fall, which I will be in there every day before I know it. Yeah. Uh, so excited for that, but also not excited because it's just very long days. As everyone in agriculture knows, that harvest can be a lot. Then I hop out in our cattle barn. So we are a unique part of the dairy industry here in Wisconsin, where we buy bull calves or the boy calves from dairy farms and raise them for steers for beef. So I help with the calves, and then I also market our beef direct to consumer as well. 
And then I started hosting a farm camp this summer on our farm. And so I had lots of little kids running around the farm learning about agriculture, which was so fun. I just love doing it and love letting kids experience agriculture, especially those who don't come from it, because that's Mm -hmm. kind of how my story started. And then we tractor pull. So that's a whole other tangent of things that we do. We have a YouTube channel for tractor pulling and farming and stuff. But basically, that's how I was able to leave my corporate job and then do more of what makes me happy, which is being on the farm. One thing that's always really impressed me about you, Emily. Um, So Emily was actually in one or two of my masterminds early last year mm-hmm. is the amount of self-awareness you have about how you want to spend your time and what intentionality looks like at the age that you are at. I just think is so incredible because, you know, looking at my own experience and the experience of so many people I know, it like took a solid 10 years of doing other things to maybe be like, wait, this isn't how I want to be spending my time. I'm not following my purpose. I'm not showing up on a daily basis in a way that's really lighting me up from the inside out. So mm-hmm. I love that, you know, within a year or two of being in the corporate space, you're like, hard no, this is not yeah. for me. Like I need to figure out what building a life with intention looks like now. So before we go any further, that just has always super impressed me about you. But when you were going into Rural Rooted, did you know what you wanted to do on the other side of it? Or was it like, I'm going to go and figure this all out while I'm there? I had some ideas. And I will say, I feel like for the most part, I'm doing-ish what I went into it for. I coined myself on Instagram as like your farmer friend. And that's something that has always stuck with me of, I want to be that person for people that if they have questions about agriculture or need a friend or need anything, like I'm your girl to go to. And I went into it kind of more so thinking of like, how can I turn that into like influencer-ish things? But I also knew we wanted to do a YouTube channel. And so like wanting to learn about monetizing that and that stuff. And then I also had the inkling of direct-to-consumer because of my time working at the creamery, but I, again, wanted advice on that. So I think, for me, I am doing similar things to what I went into the retreat for, but it was what, like, pushed me to not wait anymore. Mm-hmm. I say not wait anymore as if it took me, like, 20 years to get to this place, and it <laughs> took me, like we said, two years, but... It pushed me to be like, okay, if I want to make this happen, I have to go for it. And so I guess I'm the type of person too that I jump without a net and then I build myself the net as I'm jumping versus like taking the meticulous time to build a net and then jump, which is, I'm not going to say right or wrong because there's definitely been some times where I'm like, oh, I really wish I figured this out beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that net would come in handy right now. (laughs) Yeah. But again, then I also like lean on people that I went to that event with or went or like lean on people like you who I know we have that same connection of either going to that specific retreat or going to masterminds or hosting your own retreat. Like you have a greater connection, I feel like, of Mm -hmm. people to lean on then and use as a resource, which has also been very helpful. Yeah. One thing I love also about what you do is, and you mentioned your farmer friend, which I think as someone who didn't grow up in agriculture, I see the accessibility in that and the way that you are able to have conversations with your local community and like people online, because you do bring it into such a relatable space 
So I'd be really interested into like how that concept has grown and what payoff you've seen from bringing that, I don't know, I don't want to say girl down the street, but kind of like that, just like relatable face to agriculture and creating a space where people can ask questions and not understand or have it all figured out. So I got a DM the other day after I went to the Badger volleyball game because I posted on my story that I was there and it was from a girl who goes to college down there. And she said to me, she's like, I love your page. I grew up on a dairy farm, but I am now going to school in Madison. So I'm not on a farm anymore. And your page feels like home to me and it makes me feel so happy. And like, even though that person was from agriculture, just to be able to provide that for people of like, I'm going to share what it's like on our farm. I'm going to answer questions that they have. I've definitely gotten lots of DMs of people that feel comfortable asking me questions. And I like having those conversations in the DMs because they're just more intimate and you're able to have a little bit more in-depth answer questions, answer concerns, and continue the conversation beyond just one response and a comment. And then also in our communities, like I said, I hosted events on our farm this summer, but then I also did a night market and I had people come up to me at our night market and were like, thank you for your content. Thank you for what you share. We can ask you any questions. And I got a lot of questions that night too. And just being able to open people's eyes up and to say like, I didn't grow up in this. Like I learned my love for agriculture by experiencing it. And if I am any way able to open that door for you to be able to experience it, like I'm so happy to do so. Yeah. And I love that you show what that 360 view of life of someone in agriculture looks like. I think a lot of times in ag, we want to connect with consumers and we want to share content that translates, but ultimately like we find ourselves speaking into like this ag echo chamber because we're staying in this very predictable box about like what we believe or what we say or what we know or what we grow up in. And you know, your whole thing is being rural-ish, like what it looks like to be in the thick of farming and be in production agriculture and also have this very robust, diverse life outside of that. And I think that that invites a relatability of seeing you as a person that, yes, represents the ag space, but also is, you know, doing other normal, that's like a big air quote, normal person thing. So I'd love if you could talk more on what rural-ish looks like for you and why that has become such a big focal point on your platforms. Hey friend, are you ready to take your growth to the next level? Do you crave building meaningful connections with like-minded women who get you? then you need to be at the Ascend Retreat. My upcoming Ascend Retreat is a four-day event that will be held in Gulf Shores, Alabama from March 14th through 17th. During the retreat, you'll have the opportunity to connect with other rural women who are passionate about personal growth, gain clarity around your goals and priorities that are keeping you awake at night, learn from experienced coaches and mentors, including Kylie Epperson, Coach Kaya, and yours truly, Create an action plan to bring your dream life to fruition and participate in workshops, guided activities, and individualized coaching that will not only help you grow and evolve, but shed the limiting beliefs that are keeping you stuck. So what are you waiting for? Register for Ascend today and start the journey to becoming the most aligned, healthy, and purpose-driven version of you. 
Links to learn more and register are in today's show notes. But wait, there's more. Did you catch that cheesy reference? Podcast listeners can use code GATHER to save $200 off retreat registration through the month of September. Again, code GATHER at checkout to save $200. I simply cannot wait to ascend with you on the beach this March. I like to say that my life is full of ish because there's so many things where I'm like, yes, I like this, but also I like this. And they're like very opposite things. So it's like a mesh of issues. But rule is, well, first of all, actually, so the farmer friend too is part of it is that I want to show that farmers are real, like you said, real people. We have interests outside of the life on the farm and of agriculture. Like there's so many different parts of what makes a person a person besides And I don't want to say this lightly of like their occupation, because I know that farming really is a lifestyle. It is more than an occupation, but there's more to our lives than that, if that makes sense. So with rule-ish, for example, last Friday, I was cleaning the calf barn all day and literally left the farm covered in manure. And then I went home and I showered and I went down to Madison and went to the Badger volleyball game and like had fun in quote unquote the city, which I mean, Madison is a city, but it's not massive like Chicago or New York or something like that. But like just showing that we're able to be more than one identity. We're able to be more than a farmer. We're able to be more than a banker. We're able to be more than whatever title or whatever box we're put in. Yeah. And I think so often, and this is not exclusive to agriculture, but just people in general, we absorb these like boxes that we feel like we're meant to be in. If we do anything outside of what everyone in our box is doing, it feels other or it feels uncertain. And I love that you've created this space where it's like, you can love this and this, you can believe this and this. And I know that you and I have had so many side conversations about this idea of like, you don't have to just believe or do or live out one set of things just because that's what everyone around you is doing. We are ever evolving people who can bring in information and believe multiple things to be true at once. And Mm -hmm. I know that that's so hard for so many people because we get like streamlined into this system of belief or ideology or identity or group when what does it look like to step outside of that and have permission to hold space for all of these different parts of yourselves and all of these different ideas in the world at once without just following what everyone else who looks, believes, acts, thinks like you does? Yeah, I would say I want people to know about agriculture is like we are not what everyone thinks we are and then I also like I don't want people to have those perceptions of myself personally like I like to think I'm a very open-minded person I guess that's for others to judge too but like I don't know I think there's so many different parts to a person and it's important to lean into those and lean into figuring out your own identity versus the identity of the box that you're put in you're just able to be a much larger vast person and have bigger deeper thoughts I feel like when you're able to open yourself up to outside of the box so what has that process looked like for you is that something you feel like you've always embodied or was there a certain person or idea or experience that catalyst that open-minded I can be more and believe and do more than one thing at once 
I would say I've always been a very like stubborn person so I'm like I'm gonna believe what I believe and that is what it is which is not always a good thing but that's been something that I've been but I would say my mom has been a very good proponent for teaching me to be very open and inclusive and understanding of other people. She was a physical education teacher. She is now retired and teaches mindfulness. So if anyone likes mindfulness, she's your gal. Um, I haven't dove deep into the mindfulness stuff because I just don't have the brain space for it right now. But that's definitely where a lot of my inspiration for being open-mindedness has come from. And I think having that open mind and that understanding that like others can be who they want to be has really helped me understand that I can be who I want to be. And I also think too, like when I had my eating disorder, I was in therapy as part of my recovery. And although like I've like blocked out of all, like all my therapy sessions, I feel like that also definitely helped me understand that you're meant to take up the space that you want to take up and believe the things that you want to believe. Yeah. I also think there's so much to be said for everyone in the world has come to the things that they know, believe, and understand through their life experience that may look very different than your own. And so I love approaching conversations with just compassionate curiosity of what led you to understand that or believe that. And, you know, having empathy for where people are at and being able to see multi, you know, faceted ideas around anything. I think now more than ever, we exist in a time where it's like, you are this or that you believe this or that you're on this side or you're on that side. And I wholeheartedly believe that most people on the planet are on like a whole spectrum of things. And we just assume that like this person that is opposite of us is like fully one way while we're fully this way. And I'm good and they're bad or whatever. And this is beyond politics, beyond religion, beyond anything. When in reality, if we, oh gosh, there was a YouTube series. I can't even remember what it was called, but it was like they would take totally opposite humans and put them in a room together. I don't remember if there was like a set time or whatever. It was like by the end of a half an hour, they had realized like how much more alike they were than they were different and had formed these beautiful bonds of friendship simply because they were given the space to like sit and truly listen. And that is like such an important thing for me and a core value for me is like, just really understanding people and understanding where they came from and being open to the idea that I don't know it all. And I am an ever evolving person that is bringing in new information. And I can see where someone else is coming from, even if their ideas and life experience looks very different from mine. You just summed up what was going through my mind, but I couldn't figure out how to put into the words <laughs> that I was trying to find. I. 1000% agree. I think for me, like the biggest thing, like you said, is having conversations with people. I love to ask questions and ask people what they believe, why they believe what they believe and get a deeper understanding beyond whatever the core value is that they're saying that they believe in. But it's like, when you go deeper, you're going to find the commonalities that you have. Say it's something where at the surface level, you two have very different opposing views. But as you dig deeper, you realize you have the same values. It's just you see it 
playing out in one way and the other person sees it playing out another way. But when you get deeper into the values, you have those shared values. That's what we all want is those shared values, but how we project it is differently. So is there ways that we can take our shared values and then use our shared values to have a shared resolution? Yes. Oh my gosh. I made a post about this once and it was like, at the end of the day, just about every single person on the planet wants to feel safe, be heard and understood and accepted for who they are, wants the world to be a better place for their children. So many of the things that are hallmarks of who we are and what we want are actually the same. Our life experiences and our worldviews and the media we consume and the people we surround with shape how we believe that to be. Mm -hmm. But when we invite conversations with curiosity instead of that like us versus them mentality, I think it can be such a beautiful opportunity to, this is going to sound so woo-woo, like world peace, like come together. And that's where I I get so frustrated because I feel like we are constantly pinned against each other from like a very basic level through, you know, our political system. And it's like, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, so many of us really do want the same things. And so I try to live my life as a person of trying to, like you said, ask questions and understand. And I truly believe that everyone on the planet is doing the best that they can with what they have, where they're at and has, maybe I'm naive, but has good intentions in mind or has gotten to the place that they're at through experiences that I cannot understand because I have not been in their shoes. I would agree with that. Another thing too is like approaching things with critical thinking. Say you read a news headline or you hear somebody say something. And I think it also goes along with asking questions, but don't just take that for the surface level, but dig deeper and think critically about it or read beyond the headline or understand Mm -hmm. what's further than that one thought that somebody shared. And that goes back to being put in a box and being put in that identity is people have assumptions about you based off of where they perceive you politically or where Mm -hmm. they perceive you because of your career or stuff like that. But people are more vast than whatever that label is and have a lot more interest in them beyond that and like being able to dig deeper into that. I don't know. I just love having conversations with people and asking them questions. And then I also have, this is going down like a little bit more of a tangent, but like I have rules for myself, especially in a small farming community of when I talk about politics or how I talk about politics or how I talk about what might be perceived as touchier subjects. Like I don't talk about it when people are drinking. I don't talk about it when somebody I can tell is getting angry or upset about something. And that's been really helpful because then you're able to come back later on with that person and have a conversation where you're a little bit more open-minded and a little bit more open to hearing both sides. Basically, I try to not pigeonhole myself in a conversation where people won't hear another side. Right. And I think you know this requires a level of intentionality. It's easier just to look at what the people around you are doing and ascribe to that without, like you said, that critical thinking piece. And I think being able to like, quote unquote, walk between worlds and understand multiple points of view takes intentionality and work. And I think the example in my life, like, as you know, I did not grow up in ag and, you know, I grew up in what I thought was a small town, but my mom's siblings left that town and moved to bigger cities. And so now I have cousins who grew up outside of New York City and now live in Los Angeles and in London and Chicago. And when it comes to even just conversations around agriculture, what they understand about it is vastly different 
then what I do now in this very lived experience of being in production ag and doing the work that I do and being connected to who I'm connected to. But if I approach conversations with them from this perspective of like, oh, you don't understand. How could you think that? Like, if I immediately come in angry and defensive and yada, 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 like, we're not going to get very far. And on the other hand, like if they're coming in that way, we're not going to get very far. So I have to put myself in the perspective of what information are they consuming that has gotten them to the place that they understand what they do in the way that they do and why they have perceptions around what we do. And then in what ways can I share and invite a change in perspective and conversation in a way that is approachable and safe and comfortable, which is, I think, what you do so well with both your farmer friend and the rural-ish mentality is like people come to the conclusions they do based on all of these different factors. And so being able to tap into that and being open can really drive that conversation forward. Because at the end of the day, so many of us in ag want our consumers to understand what we do and trust us and believe us and see that we have the best intentions in mind. But if we're not willing to insert ourselves into the mindset of someone who lives a very different life. My cousins who live in the middle of Los Angeles live a very different life than we do. I mean, the, the best example was during the pandemic when I'm like, we're like on our family Zoom calls and I'm like, yeah, Ben, here's our, you know, 40 acres that we live on. And they're like, yeah. oh, they're, they're stuck in their apartment, right? Like we're in very different realities. And so when we can meet in the middle and see each other for where we're at, that's where that conversation actually changes. And I think that that principle applies to whatever it is that you feel passionate about. If you're coming up with walls up at the defense with anger and frustration, and how can you believe that? And oh my God, like as humans, we naturally put up walls around that. But when we can come to a conversation with empathy and compassion and and curiosity, that's how we can really change conversations, whether we're talking about agriculture or literally anything else. Hearts are changed through trust and compassion and small mindset shifts, not by shouting what we know to the rooftops as loud as possible. I'm smiling because we're literally on the same wavelength because I was literally about to say, to bring it back to agriculture, (laughs) this is how I, like when people ask me about having conversations with consumers or just like when I'm sharing with agriculture, I always go in with the mindset of having empathy because they have their opinion for a reason. Something Mm -hmm. happened in their life experience that led them to have that opinion. So you go into it with empathy. Okay. What led to this belief? How does it make you feel? What are ways that might make you feel more safe? What are things that you would like to know to make you feel more safe about your food system, about what we as farmers do, how we care for the land, how we care for animals, how we care for our communities? Having that lens of empathy instead of going at it as like, oh my God, you hate us. What you're saying is wrong, blah, 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 spit firing like this is the truth. Going at it with, that thought of empathy and that care because these are like they're innocent people like they're coming at they're having these opinions because of different life experiences it's not like they woke up one day and they're like I'm gonna hate farmers today it's like no something happened to them that led them to have this opinion and there are ways that we can approach those conversations with that empathy with that care of like 
we care about you because we want you to return that care to us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing too in agriculture is that we struggle with of demanding respect from people, but not giving respect back. And again, that might be a hard truth. And I hope nobody gets offended by me saying that, but I think it's something we are definitely shifting away from. But it's also something that I've seen where we want the respect from people, but we have to extend that same grace and same respect to people back to us. I mean, that's just with anything. It's not just with agriculture. It's with any relationship you have with anyone is you can't demand respect from people without giving respect back. So going into those conversations with that mindset, or even when you have a comment on Instagram or comment on whatever, or somebody makes a comment to you, like, you have to be kind <laughs> and think empathetically. Yeah, right. Well, and it's like, what's the bigger goal here? At the end of the day, coming back to that shared values, we want what's best for the environment. We want what's best for our animals. We want what's best for our livelihood and our businesses. And that is universal. But the life experiences we have have put people in positions where they believe that should happen differently. Mm-hmm. But the more we can invite the conversation about here's what I look like and here's how it works on our operation and here's why we do what we do and here's what we believe. And also being open to the fact that there could be things that we might need to change. And I have gotten on the soapbox on so many different podcast episodes on so many different places, but like the, oh, we've just always done it this way is no longer relevant in agriculture or any industry because the world is just changing so fast. So if Mm -hmm. you're not asking why, if you're not open to new information, if you're not open to new ideas, you are not only stunting the future of agriculture, but your own business and your own personal growth. And so being able to hear someone, whether it's a farmer down the road, like my husband does the weirdest, crunchiest things on our farm, okay? But he's willing to try. He's willing to experiment and he's willing to be like, that didn't work the way I thought it would. Like, That was kind of a flop. He's willing to be the topic of conversation for the farmers at the (laughs) gas station because he's trying new things. Yeah. Not saying you need to like throw everything you've ever done out the window because obviously we got to where we're at for a reason. But, you know, just that open mindedness of maybe what I do believe and know can be shifted based on new information is such a powerful exercise in agriculture and beyond. I agree. I'm a forever lifelong learner. I love learning new things. And I think having that mindset when you approach things too is so beneficial because you're able to bring new things that will benefit yourself, your family, your community. And I don't know, I just don't know why you wouldn't want to be a learner. Maybe I'm naive about that, but I don't know why you wouldn't want to be open to learning new things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's some elements that like, The more you understand and dive into and invest in your personal growth, the more that's a ripple effect that changes everything. So if you are listening to this podcast episode, you are already here on a podcast about personal growth and personal development. Emily, I feel like we could go on more tangents related to this for a very long time, but I'm just thrilled to get to do life with you and get to have conversations like this because sometimes it's not easy to be the person that can see an alternative point of view or that invites conversations around asking questions and inviting growth. So I appreciate you sharing that with us here today. Thanks for having me on. I (laughs) love having conversations like this with people. I was talking with 
two girls that I met on the internet, actually, which sounds kind of creepy. And you're like, oh, I'm just talking to people I met on the internet. But that's I mean, aren't we all at this point? <laughs> yeah. But I was sitting on my front porch and we have a Snapchat group and it's two girls in agriculture, similar age as me. And we were talking and I was like, I just want to sit on my front porch and just talk about like deep life things with people and that's kind of what this feels like and I know that your intro your outro says something like that so (laughs) you make it feel good (laughs) yeah if you're already here you're already willing to ask the hard questions but I think sometimes it's even going one step further and taking that out into the world which is scary because being a a pioneer or a trailblazer or being rule-ish or different can sometimes feel uncomfortable. And so I challenge anyone listening to this to not let the fear of what other people think about you or what you're doing or saying hold you back from pursuing that life of growth and asking questions and being different and being intentional because that's what makes life so freaking awesome. And if you need some inspiration on that, Emily, where can we find you on the good old internet? On Instagram, I am my name. So Emily Motzke, M-A-T-Z-K-E is how you spell my last name. I'm on TikTok as well. I am challenging myself to post on it at least once every business day. (laughs) I like to give myself grace on the weekend sometimes. And then if you're more interested in the farming side of our things, there is our YouTube channel, which is New Age Custom Farming. It's farming, tractor pulling, I just edited a video that had some farm camp stuff in it. And then I realized after I exported it that I forgot part of it. So that was fun. (laughs) And then on Facebook, we also have for our direct-to-consumer beef business, it's Prairie Raised Beef. That is also another place to find me. Very cool. Well, Emily, I ask every guest on this show, what does personal growth mean to you in this season? So conveniently, (laughs) I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day and I got to the end when you asked this question and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to prepare an answer for that because (laughs) I'm going to get to this question and I'm going to be like, I don't know. (laughs) So on the fly, I was driving down old country roads and I voice recorded a memo of like what I thought and then I just transcribed it literally five minutes before this because I was like, (laughs) I'm going to panic. So here's my handy dandy notes on it. No, but I was thinking, I saw this photo on Pinterest and it was like one side was a silhouette of a person and there is like very small drawings of flowers on it. And then there is on the other side, another silhouette of a person and they had like all these flowers blooming out of them. Obviously that represents personal growth. But when I was thinking deeper about it, I was like, when you lean into the things that make you happy, the things that make you feel like you, the things that make you feel alive, you're going to bloom. And that's mm-hmm. what personal growth is to me, is that you are leaning into your own self and your own truth. Kind of what we were talking about this entire podcast is like you are becoming you. And the more you you lean into, the more you're going to grow, the more you're going to radiate light, the more you're going to have all these flowers blossoming out of you and being that point for other people. What's so interesting about that is I think a lot of times we are held captive by our fear around, oh, what are they going to think of me if I become the most me version of me? But what I know to be true is the more me that you are, the more you attract people who are magnetized towards that. And Mm so being a light for yourself really is being a light for others. And that doesn't mean that they're exactly the same as you, but I think there is something to be said with like, you know, 
you want to get all woo woo into energies and vibrations and whatnot. But the more that I have, you know, confidently become who I really am, the more incredible people have come into my life. You are an example of that. So thank you for being here. And until next time, friends, I am just so forever grateful for you. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.